This is DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. Hey, podcast. So today I have Tamara Mina on. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Great. So I actually have been trying to get you on since probably June of this year. So I'm glad we were able to finally connect. And no, thank you so much for your time. I know. Thank you so much for your patience. And I'm excited that we're finally doing this. For sure. So I ran across you on uh, social media months back and um, I got a little bit of your story and and I felt like that I wanted to actually talk to you and, you know, spread that information out to a lot of others that, you know, may be able to be motivated from it. And, you know, taking tragedy and turning into something that's motivating and, you know, moving forward is amazing. So um, if you don't mind, let's just jump right into it and, uh, you know, get started, you know, where you how you grew up, where you come from and, you know, everything you've been through to where you're at now. Sure, more of my stuff. Yeah, sure. I was born and raised in Mexico. I'm um, I'm an only child, but I have a big family. So I felt like I didn't feel like I grew up as an only child. I grew up with my cousins and my family. And family was really important, you know, growing up and spent a lot of time with them and parties. Like my childhood was really good, I would say. And uh, Mexico was um, just just everything was good. Uh, I would say that it was difficult. Um, my mom, my mom worked really hard and, uh, luckily she was able to pay for a very expensive private school that, um, taught me English, which is why I speak English really well. And I used to hate it, but I, she used to always tell me one day, you're going to thank me. So when I, when I was 13 years old, we moved to Modesto. It's in Northern California. That's where my grandfather lived. That's where we had family. So we moved there. And until I moved to the U.S., I would say, is when I realized how lucky I was to be able to speak it fairly well um, at 13 years old. And other people who came to this country, like, didn't, you know, couldn't understand. So... So that was that, and uh, high school was tough. I would say that I had a hard time. I didn't know anyone. I had a hard time just understanding the culture and just making friends, you know, when you don't know anyone, it's tough. But I would say that family is what got me through those times, family, and also um, I just wanted to, I just focused on school. I knew I wanted to go to college one day, so I tried to just focus on getting good grades and, you know, focusing on that. And eventually I started making friends and stuff. And it was funny because my last, I'd been in high school this whole time. And over the, like the last two years, somehow I started to become like more popular and it was funny because people were like, where, where is she from? Is she an exchange student? <laughs> and I'm like, um, I've been here all these years. Uh, nope. <laughs> but um, I'm, and it's funny because people, people always got it wrong. People thought I was Brazilian. People thought I was like all these other nationalities. Yeah. Um, and anyways, high school was fun. I'm really glad I was able to experience what I saw growing up in the movies. Like I, I really felt like I was in a movie myself. And um, yeah, everything was good. And then I decided to move to 
San Diego when I was 19. Okay. I, I had something that I've been wanting to do for a couple of years. My boyfriend at the time and I, like, we love San Diego. We could see our, ourselves in San Diego for a long time. So we saved for a while. Like, it was like this whole plan. So I had just moved there. I'd only been there for three months when my accident happened. Mm -hmm. So I really didn't really know that much of san diego because i worked full-time and i went to school full-time so i really didn't have a lot of free time yeah but um the night of my accident i i was in a i was working and i had a feeling that i was going to be able to get off early and my boyfriend he had his friends who were also my friends mm -hmm. um but they were visiting from Modesto and he really wanted to take them to uh, Rosarito Beach because we had just been to Mexico like a week before together okay. and we, we had so much fun and he wanted to share that same um, experience. So we, the plan, his, his plan was to take his friends to Rosarito Beach and then I told them that to wait for me, I had a feeling I'd be able to get off early. I was a waitress. Okay. I worked for double tree hotel and when you work at a hotel you kind of know like the vacancy you kind of know when it's low when it's busy so i knew it wasn't too busy so i told them um i i thought i'd be able to get off early and i did they did let me go get get off early and so we were all excited because i was able to go with them and they were excited because i'm the only one that speaks spanish so they were like <laughs> Yeah, no, but my boyfriend, he was so excited, like, not because of that, but he was just so excited that uh, he's, you know, he had this plan, and then I was able to get off, yeah. and I was with him, so um, because we were very careful about not drinking and driving, mm -hmm. and that is because I, I was part of a program that's called every 15 minutes i'm sure the stats have changed i don't know if they are still the same but it, it was a program that every 15 minutes there was a car accident involved with drunk driving so i was part of that selected in my high school and it really impacted me deep, deeply so i really tried i wasn't perfect i was trying to live life but i really tried to not drink and drive yeah and we were about that so that night we were gonna go partying in mexico and we were gonna be drinking so we didn't want to drink right i'm sorry we didn't want to drive right yeah so we, so we drove to the border and crossed the border and then we grabbed a taxi in mexico in tijuana thinking this way would be safer we didn't want to put anyone at risk or ourselves so it's just a tragic, I had a very unfortunate, tragic accident. We were almost, almost there, almost to Rosarito Beach. Uh, when we were still on the highway, we were going pretty fast. And unfortunately, we crashed with a horse that was standing in the middle of the road. And um, the headlights weren't working well, which we didn't know. Obviously, right. you just get in a taxi. Yeah, you just assume it's safe. You get in. It's like all these things, you know, yeah. it was, it was, we were going fast. It was dark and then the headlights weren't working. So by the time the taxi driver saw the horse, he tried to swerve, but it was too late. And so we crashed with the horse and the horse fell on top of the roof 
on my side, which was the left side, okay. and crushed, crushed the roof. Like where I was sitting down, the roof collapsed literally on top of me. My boyfriend pushed me down, and that literally saved my life mm -hmm. because there's no way I would have survived if I would have been like sitting up. Right, yeah. It was like hunched over, and all of the weight of force and the roof collapsed on top of my back, fractured my, my neck, fractured my back severed my spinal cord at the thoracic level. So I'm a T2 paraplegic. Um, my rib, I broke my ribs. My lungs collapsed at the scene. Um, I broke my nose. I had facial fractures. I mean, literally like crushed me in, and emotionally too, because unfortunately my boyfriend Patrick did not survive the accident. And for him and for the taxi driver were um, unfortunately instant death. Yeah. They, they just, it was a very, just really bad damage to the car. Yeah. And that's why it really, it just is a miracle that I survived an, an accident like that. And it comes with so much pain, so much weight, so much guilt, like I had guilt about asking them to wait for me yeah. thinking well maybe it's fault um i just felt like maybe if he hadn't been to mexico through me you know it's like all these things that mm. that that come up and 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 just so many i just was so i didn't even know what had happened actually i i knew we had an accident and i knew something terrible had happened but i didn't even know what happened it took me a few weeks to find out it it, it was very very painful and and the worst is that i couldn't even communicate because i i was hooked to a ventilator so i went from feeling like i honestly felt like i was like badass woman like right. i just become financially independent here i am doing my thing and just had my you know my own apartment i had a roommate but like we you know i felt very accomplished like my life plan was going exactly the way the way i had envisioned and same for patrick and then all of a sudden you know like everything is like taken away from me all of our dreams of living in San Diego, uh, especially like he's, he's gone, you know? So it, that was the most painful thing, the most difficult loss by far. Then, um, you know, like my ability to walk, my independence, like my old life, like there were just so many losses all at once. And I had to move to um, Santa Clara Valley Medical Center up in Northern California because that would be closer to my family. And um, I just, I just remember I was devastated the day they had to fly me. I just knew, like all of all of those dreams that I had were just gone. So it was very difficult. Well, that's, I mean, that, that's so much to take. And not only that, it's such a, you know, a pivotal moment of your life where you're becoming a young adult and that happens immediately and you have your plan going. Well, let me ask you this. Um, once that, once you, you know, become more cognitive, aware of what was going on after the accident, 
how long did it take and what, you know, with all that damage that, you know, you take, you took on basically, and you were in the hospital for how long before you were able to recover? And then also at what point did you realize that you weren't able to walk anymore? And how did that hit you on top of all this emotional damage as well? I guess that I knew pretty early on that I wasn't going to be able to walk. And a part of it was because automatically I could no longer feel my legs. Like I remember crying and saying, I can't feel my legs and my back was hurting a lot. And then I think the doctors told me that I wasn't going to be able to walk again. And I honestly do not have recollection of that. Like I, I don't remember because I, I was in such shock that Patrick had died. I didn't even care that I wasn't going to be able to walk. I do remember that uh, a friend of mine, one of my best friends, she was there. And I told, I told her that I wasn't going to be able to walk again. And I remember she said that she was just so um, impressed by my strength. Like, if any, like she was more emotional than I was. And I thought at that moment, I thought that maybe, or like for the first few months, I thought maybe it wasn't that eventually that I was going to become like very depressed once it kind of like, you know, sunk in because I, I just was going through the loss of losing Patrick more so. So I thought maybe maybe in the future is going to be more difficult for me to accept. And I would say that if anything, it, it that didn't happen, thankfully. I mean, it, it, it's been very difficult journey, to say the least. Very A lot of ups and downs, a lot of challenges. But I would say that I, I remained strong. Like I thought it was going to hit me one day and it was that I would go backwards. And I feel like, um, you know, I have my ups and downs. Like right now, like with COVID, this has been a tough period for so many people. And, and I'm like many of them. So, um, you know, it's it's obviously not, nothing in life is perfect. But I would say that it, I'm I, I'm thankful that I, that I have been able to overcome and to have the strength that I have and, and to really not like, I do, I do remember, I mean, I valued walking. I would say that my independence, your independence is very important. So I get frustrated if I feel like I can't be independent enough or I want to be more independent and there's barriers or whatever. That is hard for me still to till this day, but I'm not, I was able to kind of let go of walking. I wasn't like too depressed because I wasn't going to be able to walk again. I just felt like my life was much bigger than that. Like my life, I felt, I remember writing this, that my legs were not my life. Like walking was not life. My life is much more than that. And I really felt that. So I'm, I'm just thankful that I'm, that I was able to have that perspective and strength because even though I wanted to walk, again like many people you know you you have the dream of walking again and i did sort of look into what could be done but there weren't a lot of options truthfully i mean there was like stem cell that was just starting out and it was very very expensive surgery and it just was going to take so much fundraising for my family and and it was something that 
it was like, maybe you'll get something back. Not even, there's no guarantee. And I just felt like, I just felt like I wanted to focus on other goals, goals that I could actually accomplish and make something of my life. So I, after kind of looking into that and seeing that, okay, it just looks like there's no possibility, at least for now, then I just um, moved forward with going back to college. I just wanted to go back to school and, you know, get my degree. And that was kind of tough because I was studying international business in my before my accident, and I did like it, but I felt like I was doing it more so because it was a safe, gotcha. kind of like a safe route, or I felt like I could do well with it, right. but I wasn't really passionate about it. So after my accident and realizing how vulnerable we are, how fragile life is, I mean, everything can be gone in a second. And the thing is, is that you never think it can be you, but, but it can be you or a loved one and any, any moment, you know, and, and we all feel so like sometimes like almost entitled or so exempt from, from negativity, from harm. But I mean, this can happen to anyone. And it was just a freak accident that obviously completely changed my life and my perspective. So um, after that, I just didn't know, I knew I wanted to go back to school, but I didn't know what. And somebody, um, I started to share my story and at the hospital, and I had like a very positive outlook overall. And I started to see how my story impacted people in a positive way. And I thought that was pretty cool, but I still didn't know what I wanted to do. And somebody said to me, what about communication? You're very good at communicating. And I was like, hmm, I didn't even know like what I had never like taken communication courses or anything. So I looked into it and then fell in love with with just like the field of communication and and that just fit really good what I had already seen about me sharing my story. Like I wanted to become a motivational speaker and be able to, I, I wanted to, if I was in front of a crowd and an audience, I wanted to feel like I I deserved being there. Like like I didn't, I wasn't just using my story but, but, you know, but I have a degree in that field and I wanted to feel like I earned, earned that, not just like I'm just exploiting my story. I don't know if that makes sense at yeah, all, that's but. Extremely, that's extremely humble, humbling of you, you know, and, and there's a lot of valor in that because, you know, there, it can go a million different directions. You know, there's so many, so many people that say they're motivational people that have absolutely no experience with, you know, any hard times or shortcomings or you know, real life experience to even be that person to, you know, create a connection there. Yeah. So, so that's, so then I moved forward with communication and um, it was, I mean, if I had to do it all over again, I would, I would do, I would pick the same field, except that I would, I would have liked to maybe get a minor in business or something like that. I think that would have been very helpful um, just, just as a, you know, being my own business of self-employed and a content creator, that would have been great. But um, the day I graduated from college was like one of the best days of my life because 
it had been so tough for me. Like it wasn't easy for me to go back to school. Like I wanted to go back to school and I was super motivated, but it took me like, two years to go back because I had all these setbacks like uh, physically and all these surgeries and my friends started to graduate. And that was so frustrating for me because I, I used to be like the one that had her shit together. Right. And then next thing you know, they're graduating and I'm not even back in school. And it's like, I just felt like I, it was really difficult time for me. So I hope this can connect with other people. I just felt like uh, all I'm trying to do is move forward. I just want to do something with my life and all this stuff keeps happening. But nonetheless, like I remained determined and persistent on going back and I did go back. And during my undergrad, I still had other hospitalizations. Like I had to be in ICU a couple times. Like I was very, very sick. Like I'm, I'm telling you, I'm blessed to be here. There's already, I've gone through a lot of stuff that I'm still like, wow, I don't know how I'm still here. I can tell you that. But um, there's a, I feel like there's a reason why I'm here. There's, there's a purpose. We all have a purpose, but if you're alive and, and, and you're breathing, like there's a purpose for you and you know, it's very important that you find that. And so I just try to be positive, move forward. And the day I graduated, I graduated in communication with the highest honors. I received um, like so many awards. I received the communication degree, um, like they pick one graduate out of the communication field. I was I was awarded that, and then um, I was commencement speaker. I applied to be a commencement speaker um, because of. Uh, my teacher recommended it. He's like, you should do it. Communication, you know, grads typically yeah. do very well. Like you, you know, you hear your story so amazing, this and that. So I went for it. I applied. You have to do a speech first and then they narrow the best speeches and then you have to present it in front of like a whole committee. And I did that and they never had a commencement speaker in a wheelchair. So that was like really awesome. I was, when I was selected, I, I was able to, so it was my, the biggest day, a day that I've been dreaming for a long time and I didn't get to walk the stage. I chose to roll across the stage. I didn't, I didn't walk. I didn't get a walker. I just wanted to enjoy that moment and, you know, do it like just, just as I am, like, it's okay to, you know, it's okay to be disabled. You don't have to, I felt like, because I, I saw a lot of graduation stories where they do when people walk and, oh, he walked the stage. And I think that's wonderful. Like if that's something you want to do and more power to you. But at the same time, I feel like there's nothing wrong. It's just as inspirational. It takes just as much courage to roll across the stage and we're, you're not any less, you know, and they're not any better. So I'm glad I chose that. And that day was just like amazing because I was able to deliver a motive till this day is the, the biggest audience. There was, there were 10,000 people at my graduation and I got a standing ovation and it was just like amazing. And then while I was already on stage, I was, 
they select one graduate out of all the graduates. And this is like a whole process, like all deans of each um, career or, or each field, they, they uh, write a letter and recommend someone and they consider everyone. I didn't know about this award, but I was awarded that, that as well as I was on stage and, and I just was like, and in awe so that day i felt like wow all of this work finally paid off and i and i am so proud because it was so hard for me to graduate it was so hard for me to just even go back to school i mean i still remember those days where i was just crying i was so sick i was like writing in my journal like i just wanted to do something with my life and that day when that day came, like, till this day is one of the best days of my life. And, and if I can encourage people, like, things that are hard for you, you know, it's like, yeah, it sucks while you're going through the process. But at the same time, it's so worth it because once you get there, like, nobody can take that away from you. And all of your struggle, like, you know how hard it was. And it means that much more because I know if I had graduated, like, just walking the stage, like my previous self, there's no way. I mean, it would have been also very, I mean, it's a, it's a highly commendable goal for anyone. It's tough to graduate. But, but I'm, I know I had to go through that much more stuff, which only meant that much more to me. And, and so hopefully that's perspective for someone that's like struggling right now. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a lot right there. You know, how long ago was this whenever the graduation happened? Uh, it was 2011. Okay. Yes. So that's in the early stages of um, online um, learning basically for you know online college so you were doing everything physically in class I'm assuming so, yeah I was going to school like and whenever I was in the hospital I don't even know how I still managed to like graduate with like summa cum laude um but I did it you know there's no excuses I was very determined I was very focused I would say I've never felt like I, I like in in school. I never felt like I was the brightest mind in the room. I just worked hard. I I was focused and and I asked questions and I was not scared to to be in the wrong or ask questions. You know, so I I was that person that participated and um, just the whole communication field was a great field for me to to be in i felt like i, I fit in in that and just the, the whole field well yeah i mean it says something for you to be able to you know going through all those things and get up every you know going through all this, these physical you know hindrances and getting up and going every day achieving that goal even though it took a little longer than you know you anticipated most people don't value something as much unless they have to work hard for it you know like if you just have it easy your entire way then when you get that achievement, it's not going to mean as much as you busting your ass and going through hell. Like, let me ask you this, like, so taking the emotional toll, it seems like that hits you harder than, you know, the actual physical toll at first. What was your motivation to get up and start moving? Was there a pivotal moment like where you were laying there and just said, okay, I got to get my ass up and do something. Or was it, you know, how did that happen? So after I, 
I was very depressed, but like, just, you know, like, why, why did this happen? I'm a good person. Like, you know, you want to, you want to find a reason and, and really like what I've learned, nothing like life is not fair. It's not about this is unfair or is this fair? I mean, there's always going to be unfairness, if you will, in our world in different ways. So thinking about that doesn't get you anywhere. Um, it's about making something, making sense of what you're going to make of your life. It's not about trying to make sense of why that happened, but what is going to be the meaning that you will give to your life you know after that there's only so much that you can control and you have to let go of the things that you can't control so i had to let go of you know the questioning because even if some boys told me this is why this happened mm-hmm. like it's still the pain is still there like it was still it was still very hard to to accept like you know that that won't really change it i still had to go through all of that and um it's more like what are you gonna do after that so making i decided to make something of my life even though i i had no clue why this happened um or felt like i didn't deserve that that i stopped thinking all those thoughts because they weren't helping me but i was already thinking like I need to move forward with my life and the motivation, I can honestly say the big motivation for me was that Patrick loved life to the fullest. Like he really, he's the kind of guy who just loved life every day and he didn't have a second chance. So I felt like, how can I complain about this opportunity even though yeah i'm all beat beat up yeah i'm like in a wheelchair like but but still like i'm alive and they're not and i have to be thankful for that and i also felt like like he didn't get to accomplish a lot of his dreams so i used that motivation that that gave me a drive to like, I have to do everything I can to go after all of my dreams because one, he didn't get to, but also I know that's what he would want me to do. He would want me to be happy and to to not limit myself. I know that. So from the most painful part of my story, because I can honestly say that his loss was the most painful loss, but I also chose to grab strength from that to keep me moving forward so you decide you know how you want to look at things and I wanted to I was already valuing my life I was focusing on my blessings instead of like oh you know like I'm disabled this that it was more like yeah but you're alive you know and other people are not so uh, be appreciative be thankful so I already had that perspective and I'm really glad and um i was i remember i was um still in a very difficult situation because i had a brace at a it, it was a brace that went from like my neck all the way down to my pelvis so i couldn't move i couldn't take showers it was really tough so you asked for about the recovery i was in the hospital for two months and they let me go home 
uh, after two months, I was supposed to be in the hospital for three months. So around my accident happened in October. So I was supposed to be in during Christmas in the hospital, which I was just dreading. I just wanted to be with my family. Luckily, because the brace was like inhibiting me from doing therapy and it was causing like uh, pressure sores, like it just, they let me go home. They said, okay, she needs to go home, just rest. And then once I had to have the brace for three months and then once that brace came off, then I would have to come back and do therapy. And I was so glad I, I could, cause I was able to go home with my, to my family for the holidays and that was like so special to me and that first christmas like i will never forget it i mean i love dancing i mean you you follow me you know i love dancing. honestly i've always loved dancing that's been there for ever since i was young and i used to be one of the first ones one like on the dance floor with my family and christmas was a big time where we partied and that first christmas I still like tried to dress up. I remember it was so hard to find something that fit me. I don't remember, forget because I had a big brace and, but I still tried. And then, um, I remember I went to the party and there was no music and I thought it was really weird. I was like, where's the music? Yeah. And then, and my family looked at each other. They didn't know what to say. And they're like, well, we didn't want to ups upset you. Like, they didn't know what how to handle it. Right. And I said, no, like, play the music. Yeah. And you know, they put music and they danced. I couldn't really dance. I can't say I was, like, on the dance floor because I couldn't really move. I was in a lot of pain. But I enjoyed watching people and I just wanted to, you know, like, appreciate life to the max. You know, I, I was so heartbroken because Patrick wasn't there like a, a big part of me was missing but at the same time I was there with my family so um yeah and you know it took me time it definitely took me a lot of time to feel comfortable getting back to dancing I felt really stupid for a long time because I growing up I I danced a lot with my legs and my hips and like that's I was never like a dancer, like a professional dancer, but I, I love to dance. And, and those are the types of moves like in the Latin community and like that's gone, you know? So it's like, how do you dance to like songs that I used to dance with my legs? That was like so tough for me. Like I just felt like it just was no longer the same. I felt like it was stupid to dance with my arms. And I'm really glad I'm past that because I don't see it that way. You know, what matters is like, you just move, you just feel the music, you know, however you can, there's no right or wrong way right. of dancing. It definitely was different. I had to get used to it, but I'm glad I kind of overcame that because I, I love dancing so much. And now I don't really care. I don't really care if people think it's dumb or not the way I dance. I just, I just do it cause I enjoy it and I don't care what, other people think well i mean that's that's amazing because i feel like and you know i'm not in the situation but just on the outside looking in it may you you have to be you're inspiring people doing this you know what i mean because people may feel uncomfortable being in those scenarios in your situation you know physically to where they can't 
feel like they can have fun and move around and express express themselves because they may feel like you know getting negative judgment for that and so i feel like that you're a pioneer on that you know i always love i see your videos and you're dancing and spinning around and i'm just like that's great because you have to be you know impacting so many people with these i'm sure it it creates all kind of self-confidence issues you know and things like that moving forward especially at a younger age and then going through the change of life and growing into an adult it's just crazy all of what you have what you've been going through and then being able to be on the other side of it and you know then not only that but actually being doing going through the motions of getting your certifications and you know graduating to where you're actually doing this professionally it's just something that you know is crazy and a great thing in my opinion yeah thank you for sure so let me ask you this, making that transition, um, you know, once you get out and you get out of the brace and you start moving around a little bit, um, realizing that you're, you only have, so your, your motor functions are, you know, from just above the waist and higher, correct? Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure it takes a huge toll on your body and your arms have to redevelop and you're using way more strength and muscles in your upper body than you ever have your entire life. How was that process and making that adjustment? Yeah, that was very tough because, I mean, it still is, you know, sometimes I get a lot of pain right here on my wrists, on my, from pushing, everything I do, like, I actually do have to do this, like, like, often during the day, I have to, like, lift up like that on, it's like little dips. Yeah. Those would be so hard for me, like, in the hospital to do them, like, it was tough, but I have to be doing those like several times during the day to um, to avoid pressure sores because so many that's the thing there are so many complications that come with a spinal cord injury it, a spinal cord injury is something that like I didn't know anything about a spinal cord injury I didn't know how it could affect someone I didn't know anything about disabilities I didn't know about life in a wheelchair like at all I didn't know how it would be so everything was completely new to me I felt so out of place you know like like rolling around like the first my first few outings rolling around in a wheelchair was terrible I felt like I got all these looks like poor girl. Yeah. And and I'm sure that is what a lot of people were thinking because I had this big ass brace yeah. that made me like, man, this girl got messed up, you know? Like so and my my own my own like view of myself was down, you know, like I didn't feel beautiful or sexy for a long time, like in a wheelchair, like I felt like, and that's, that's one of the things that has kind of, it's kind of taken me to why I do what I do about promote, promoting like media inclusion or, or just inclusion of us and representation because if I, when I got injured, it was 2005. So social media was just starting out. But if I knew, because I, I started modeling before my accident, I, I started modeling through a bikini competition. I just was, I never wanted to be a model. I was into working out a lot and, and staying fit. And somebody said, hey, you should do this competition. Like, I think you would be perfect for it, this and that. So I, I was like, hey, why not? I'm a pretty, I, I guess I've always had that. Like, I don't like to limit myself. So I do 
tend to say a lot like why not so I went ahead and moved forward with that and uh, didn't expect didn't know what to expect and I placed in the calendar of the top 12 and um, that's how I started that's how I started modeling and and I became very good friends with the photographer and the photographer saw a lot of talent in me and he was saying you have so much talent and you could really do this but school was always like my number one goal but I but I did do it you know on the side so then when I became paralyzed like I didn't know a model in a wheelchair like I didn't know anyone there was no one that I could think of and especially that was like mainstream that that like I had an example of someone I didn't and I remember that like that made me sad you know so I feel like if I had had a, a, an example I would I that would have been so much easier for me like oh look she's doing it like so I can do it too and now that that's the power of social media because that's what you can do even if you're not mainstream but if you have a following you have an audience you have a platform you're able to impact people in so many amazing ways like everyone you know everyone has a story to tell everyone has their journey everyone can uplift each other so now that's that's the awesome power of that like we're so connected in that way and like if you now get injured it's so much easier i get people you know girls message me often uh you know like i just became paralyzed and this and that and i'm so glad that they have that like they have me and and others not just me um to to you know to look up to to see that okay you can be beautiful you can be glamorous you don't have to like let yourself go you can live life you can accomplish your dreams you can have a degree you you can wear a bathing suit that's something that took me years like after my accident because i i was very close friends with this photographer and he was a huge blessing in my life because he really he really helped me in my in my self-confidence journey because he was a very good friend of mine and gave me really good support we started shooting again like pretty early like a few months i would say uh probably more like eight months after my accident but the first photo shoot i didn't want to include the wheelchair i every every shot i did was like out of my wheelchair Mm -hmm. and i didn't even think about what i I didn't even think about it. I'm like, yeah, I just didn't want the wheelchair in the shop. And why too? Because I don't, I didn't have any powerful image of someone in a wheelchair, like rocking their wheelchair, like, what's up? Yeah. I didn't. So I'm doing all this like outside of my, and my wheelchair. And a friend of mine, he said to me, um, where's your wheelchair? When I showed him my photos, I was all excited. Hey, look at my first photo shoot. He's like, oh, these are beautiful. And where's your wheelchair? And I was like, what do you mean? I remember I said to him, what do you mean? And he's like, well, it's part of you. That was like an important moment for me. It was like, damn, he's right. Like, what am I like? Wow. I didn't even realize that I was just like, not wanting to do it. So then the next photo shoot, I included the wheelchair and it was so empowering because in that photo shoot i did a pose where i like turned around my wheelchair like i like basically i'm like straddling the wheelchair but like backwards 
And I never seen anyone do that. And I, I, we were just like testing out different positions, different, you know, modeling postures. Like it was all new. Like I never modeled in a wheelchair, so I didn't know like how to do it. But I remember I did that. And when I did that, like I grabbed the, the handles here and I just remember, and there's so much power in that shot. Like, the lighting's not even that good, but like I still see that it was the empowering moment. It was like I'm in control. Like n- the wheelchair's not controlling me. I'm in control of my life. And um, image. I actually saw that image. Well, I saw one similar that pose you're talking about, and there's something. It's really powerful. That's a powerful shot because it shows you in a different position than you've never seen anyone else in, and it looks like you're. You're just confident. There's so much confident in that photo. Yeah. And um, I, like I said, I don't, I'm not sure if it's the exact image, but I have seen that post. You know, when no, I you have, yeah, it, it may not be the same exact image because that one is like from many, many years ago. But but I have continued that that post, and it's powerful for me because it's it's different. It's like you're owning yeah. your who you are, including the wheelchair and. You know, it just doesn't doesn't define you. I'm I'm not scared of the wheelchair being in the shot. I'm proud of it. I'm not like ashamed of it. And that's a journey that everyone has to go through. I I have people that have told me that like they used to like one girl. I remember not not too long ago. She sent me an amazing like message. It like brought me to tears. She was like thanking me for being who I am. She said that I that I was showing her she could be everything that she wanted to be and she was just like thank you and just amazing and she said that she used to not want to take photos in her wheelchair and she didn't have any photos in her chair and she told me that I had helped her she was thanking me because I had helped her I showed her that yes you can be beautiful and powerful in a in a, in a wheelchair and she she told me that she was excited to do some photos now with her wheelchair and that's awesome because your confidence like all these photo shoots over the years like really like helped my confidence like when i saw because there was a way i saw myself especially i was thinking of my body my able-bodied right. and i was longer that person so I devalued myself. I didn't see myself as like a beautiful, powerful woman. And then when we did those photos, it was like, it was eye opening for me because it was, it showed me that, yes, you could still be beautiful in a wheelchair. That was an empowering, very empowering thing for me. So after that, it just, it just gave me so much more confidence even more and more, like as I continue to do it more. And it's something that honestly doesn't stop. But I will say something about the bathing suits with the same friend photographer. We did a beach photo shoot about just a little over a year after my accident. And same thing. All of the shots were outside of my wheelchair on the sand, but no wheelchair like visible. And those photos that I would just even laying down on the beach, I was scared to share. Like I didn't really share them. I did. And then I took them down because I felt like they were too sexy. I felt like 
I felt there was this really weird thing in my mind where I felt like I couldn't be disabled and sexy. Okay. But why not? You know, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, no, it's a mean, whole process. It makes sense. It makes sense because, the, I mean, of course, you know, for so long, so many people, you know, look at a disability with, you know, the not the same, they don't have the same opinion. They just, they just naturally immediately start feeling sorry for you and and then those two connecting doesn't don't seem natural but i feel like that you found that bridge to bridge the gap there you know yeah so then it it literally took me years for me to feel confident in a bathing suit and to like feel like comfortable enough to take photos to feel like i can own it it took me no joke it took me 12 years like that's a long time to to get there and when at once after those 12 years in 2017 i started sharing some of those photos i started creating those photo shoots on my own because I was tired of not seeing people with disabilities or women with disabilities in a sexy way. Yeah. And there was that I, I could see us in a certain way, but I I didn't see brands, you know, showing that. So I just started doing my own photo shoots, started sharing them on social media. And um, it's been a very empowering journey for me because it's given me more confidence over the years and to, it's helped me accept my body more and more as well. But also it's given confidence to a lot of other women, like other women uh, started to thank me because some of them like never wanted to get in a bathing suit again, you yeah. know, because they don't feel they don't feel beautiful in a, in a bathing suit, in a wheelchair. And I'm showing them that you can, you can be that like, why not? Cool. And kind of brings me to something I'm doing, which is why I entered the sports illustrated swim search competition this year, yeah. which is why I'm putting so much stuff on bathing suits, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, people are probably like this girl in her bathing suit. Hey. But, um, you know, I mean, no, I know, but I, w I normally would not be posting <laughs> stuff in, in December, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. And one thing I did notice too, uh, um, the, the beach style wheelchair that you've been using on the beach and being able to navigate on, I didn't know those existed. You know, I'm not, I'm not very up to date on, you know, this world. And I saw that. I was like, well, that's amazing. So basically there are things out there that are able to connect your, you know, connect you to the elements and still feel, you know, somewhat be able to be in an environment with everyone else and not, you know, be hindered because you're in a chair. Yes. But unfortunately all of that equipment is expensive. I don't own a wheelchair. Um, not so much because it's expensive, but because I just don't have the space to store yeah. it at this moment. But I would like one day to have like my own beach wheelchair that I could just, or like a, they do have um, like kind of bikes that can be like all terrain kind of bikes that you could take in in the snow. Like I would love to have one of those where I could go to the mountains and just go riding with it. Um, I do have an adventure side, so I would love that. You know, we do love going camping and stuff, so that would be awesome to have one that could that you can take everywhere. But but that is one of the struggles in the disability community that adaptive equipment is very expensive and 
it's just like already wheelchairs are so expensive like my wheelchair and this is just to give someone an idea because i want people to listen to my to my story or my podcast and be inspired and be thankful for what they have because the wheelchair that i have is a titanium wheelchair i'm sponsored by permobile manual and they're a great company but um these these any titanium wheelchair is lighter and unfortunately like the good ones the light ones a lot of times your insurance does not cover it because they consider them high-end wheelchairs it may be high-end but this is not like a luxury for us it's a necessity like you need a light wheelchair to get around like you know like wherever you go it's very tough to be pushing i mean my fiance already he did um i was i was representing red bull in this um it's called wings for life world run and i was an ambassador for them and he did the race one year with me in a wheelchair and he could not keep up with me and his arm was like all messed up like he told me the next day he was in a lot of pain like in places that he'd never been sore and one of his arms was hurting more because the sidewalks are uneven you don't even realize that you don't even feel that unless you're in a wheelchair and unless you're in a wheelchair, that's when you realize like all the struggles or like all the lack of accessibility. Otherwise, you we're totally out of sight, out of mind. You know, these are things that people don't think about. And it's sad, which is why I bring up all this stuff, you know, through my social media, because I want people to become more aware because I had no clue what this world was about. And that is embarrassing to me. Like I shouldn't, I should have, I wish I would have known more, you know, and not be like foreign to it, but that's just the reality. And that's why I I like to share my story because I want people to one, like, you know, just educate and, and just make people aware, but also, you know, inspire people regardless of your, whether you have a disability or not, you decide what to make of your life. And these are really tough times for all of us. Like I've been like up and down during this time. I will be honest, you know, be just because I've had so much, I have, I live with chronic nerve pain and that's also something that some people don't know. You know, I'm a very positive person, but I would say that is one of the challenges that I have in my life. One of the bigger challenges as well as, facing the way people see me like i you know i face a lot of discrimination and that has been really tough for me because um sometimes i'm not even given a chance or people like myself but i've been in those situations where i'm not even given the chance to show what i can do just because i'm in a wheelchair and that's so unfair like no i feel like nobody deserves that that is like what brought me to to Los Angeles. That's why I moved here because I feel like we need more representation. If if there was more representation of us in the media, I feel like because the media influences people so much, you would it would start to change the way you see disability. Yeah. And um all, I mean all, all 
all uh, types of media are powerful, which is why also podcasts or social media is important because you can impact people that way and change, you know, that's something that I'm determined to do. I want to change the way people see disability. Like I'm not here necessarily to inspire. It's not like my, my, my goal in life was to inspire other people. It's just one thing has led me to another, but I do want people to feel empowered by my story. I don't want people to feel sorry for me, but I want them to know that, you know, they, if I can do it, they can do it too. I think that, you know, we haven't, we, you're bringing awareness to something that people don't know about. You know, um, this is a part of life that a lot of people never experience unless they have loved ones with these issues or something like that. And you're yes. dealing with these things and you're bringing awareness to that. And I just think there needs to be more awareness, you know, and, and it's going to, it's going to take people like you, what you're doing to create, continue to create content that, you know, makes people feel more comfortable about doing it themselves because just a normal ind individual that, you know, has all their physical movement and are able to walk around and move, they have their own self-conscious issues and they're not making content because they're worried about what people think. So you're, you know, not only, it's, it's even harder for someone in your position to have that courage to step outside of the box and say, look, this is me. I'm beautiful. This is what I have to deal with for the rest of my life. It's not keeping me from living my dreams. It's not keeping me from physically doing what I want to do. I mean, of course, you're going to have those few issues, but you're still out there doing those things. And you're just bringing awareness, like I said, to these people that need that little bit, just maybe that little nudge, you know, just like that, yeah. you know, the little nudge that makes them feel, okay, she's done it. She's been through hell. I can do it. Let me just make that one post, you know, let me just talk about something, you know, just like, yeah. just like the, um, the beach wheelchair thing. I had no clue. I saw it, but that makes sense why we haven't seen that many. They're very expensive. This is something that, you know, someone could get behind and help with that maybe we could, you know, bring awareness to that and bring the cost of those down, make them more accessible, you know, and, and help out, you know, things like that. Well, speaking of that, they, uh, you know, targeting this specific thing, they, some beaches here in LA, they do have beach wheelchairs that you can rent, okay. but some of in some, some of their locations, like some of their beach wheelchairs are so old, like they're not even that good. Um, so, uh, I mean, I'm glad that they have those uh, yeah. like available that you can rent them for free. That's great. But um, I tried, I actually, we went camping to um, like a Navy base, I think, or it's a military camp, Pendleton, I think it was. Uh, you can only be there if you are like an active member, I think, in the military. So you have a family member who's in it. So anyways, we were there and they had like an awesome beach wheelchair there. Like it was nice. So we rented that one from there. They have it available. And that one, like a lot of people were like, oh, I love that beach wheelchair. I want like it. Like it looked nice. And, and I, it was better than the other ones that I've rented here. So, but yes, why do you not see it? One, because people don't know that they have them available for rent for free, which is why I've shared that on my, you know, on my posts. And I have actually shared that, you know, you can rent them in, in LA and I'm sure in other cities as well for free. You just have to look into it. And um, they do have, there are other companies that do, I I'm, think the other companies do charge, but there are other companies that you can also rent like specific kind of motorbikes or this and that. 
And um, yeah, the reason why you don't see those that much, yeah, I would say that's probably, it has to do with cost. And they're for the most part pretty expensive. So most people can't afford them. But um, but I mean, at least there's adaptive equipment. Yeah. Um, I wish that the adaptive equipment and that my community could have more access to those things. But hopefully that's something that over time can change. Maybe demand and supply, I don't know. But hopefully that can change. Um, I did want to say about Sports Illustrated that for like the last four years, I've wanted, like I've thought for at least four years, I've like thought like, man, it would be so cool to see someone um, in a wheelchair, like or with a disability like on their cover. Like that would be amazing. The four years ago, Ashley Graham was on their cover and she was the first plus size model. And that is what got me thinking like that inspired me to see the change in them as a brand that, you know, like she's beautiful. Like just cause she's uh, bigger plus size doesn't mean yeah. she's not worthy, beautiful or sexy. And that's the way I see um, people like myself as well. And like, just cause we're in a wheelchair doesn't mean, you know, you can't be that person. And so I thought about it, but I was like, I didn't have the courage to like go after it. You know, I wasn't like as confident, you can say, but I did start doing those photo shoots, like creating my own photo shoots with that dream in mind or that goal in mind. Like one day I would love to work with them. So until this year, I finally decided to enter their swim search. And I kid you not, like I've already been posting stuff in in a bikini for the last like three years. So that's not new. But somehow I just had so much anxiety about this. I was, I felt very vulnerable, like sharing a dream mine with the world like sharing like yeah one of my dreams is to work with them plus like so many women so so many like amazing beautiful women have the dream of working with them and you know it's, it's easy to think like oh yeah sure people are gonna think like oh yeah sure girl like yeah you in a wheelchair yeah i'm sure you're gonna work with them I, you know this we we often stop ourselves for like all the reasons of like what are people gonna think you know people you know people are not ready for that or this or that so i don't know what's going to happen i'm still in that competition um because of covid like there's no clear we don't have clear direction of what the process is like what the steps are going to be they've announced some people that they want to see through online virtual casting uh i haven't been selected i don't know what that means i don't think they know either like how to move forward with it because everything's paused you know in so many ways for so many companies but um we'll see i mean i, I well my understanding is the first year i do it but my understanding is like if you make it to like their top finalists, then people can vote for you. Okay. And you know, but I'm I'm not at that point yet. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see what happens. But I'm hoping that regardless, um, I'm hoping that doing this is something that can just make people more comfortable, you know, with people with disabilities and not look at us as like 
you know, like we're not part of this world or like there's something wrong with us. So I'm hoping that in general, just, just entering it can help people, even if it's just through my social media. And I know it has because the people have told me girls and stuff. So I'm not just, not just women with disabilities, like women with and without disabilities um, have thanked me. So that that is something that to me is priceless regardless of of what happens in that competition and i did want to say too before um that so through that i met a model another model who was in the competition she also entered the swim search and she also has a disability and so she invited me to participate in a bikini calendar with other disabled models i saw that, uh, I saw that. yeah we yeah. i just shared um, yeah. And I was happy to do it because, you know, I, uh, obviously I promote body positivity and I want, I want people to see that. Yeah. Like women in wheelchairs can be, or with disabilities can be beautiful and sexy. And, um, all of the proceeds, hundred percent of the proceeds goes to models of diversity, which is a nonprofit that their work is, they've done a lot of work to create more inclusion and diversity, so, um, yeah, if people want to check that out. For sure. That's, yeah, I mean, I feel like that, you know, not only have you achieved all these things and went through all these hurdles, but you're still setting new goals. And that's something, you know, that's even more motivating in itself is that, you know, it's like, oh, she's already done all this and she still has more to do. And, um, you know, people need that constant. Some people just need that constant affirmation, like, and, you know, looking, you know, watching you, following you and, okay, she's still doing it. I got to get my ass up and do what I want to do today. You know, I got to get my ass up and pl- do, reach my goals, set them, set them high and achieve them because you're still doing that. You're still doing it on a constant basis from, you know, just recently having that calendar shoot. And so now, you know, aiming for Sports Illustrated, which is amazing. And I think, hey, I'm going to share, you get in the top finalists and you get that voting up and i'll make sure everyone i know votes for you that's for sure because please please yeah i will i'll keep you posted for sure if, if you know if i'm finalist i'm i'm really hoping that they they embrace this opportunity i mean it honestly has been something that i've dreamed of like i've dreamed of working with them for years it really is a dream of mine but I, the way i see it like i've never seen someone in a wheelchair on their cover i don't know when that day will come i have no clue if they're ready or not um they have worked with a model who's a paralympian she's amazing um like two years ago she was the first i'm pretty sure she was the first model or woman with a disability that they worked with and i was very happy when i saw that like okay that's awesome you know like at least they're kind of opening up but i haven't seen anyone yet in a wheelchair or um or undercover but hopefully um that's something that can come soon and at least entering the competition the way i see it's like at least i'm already planning the seed you know i want to see there's people like me and yeah like why not you know maybe i mean i this isn't the first thing that i challenge in 2013 i was on a really big um, beauty pageant and it was the first time that someone with a disability auditioned and the producers were shocked like they told me that like when i mean they were just like they didn't know how to handle it because nobody with a disability had ever auditioned but 
you know, like I showed them that I could still do it just because I'm in a wheelchair doesn't mean I couldn't compete with other, other women. So. Yeah. It takes, I, takes that one thing you doing that one thing to trickle down and let other people feel more confident to do that as well. You know, yeah. So it's you're, 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 you're helping in yourself, but you're also helping a lot of other people just, you know, making that one small leap for your entire community. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I yeah. think great. I really do. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, I hope that it's something that uh, can, even if it's not having that opportunity with that one company, but exactly that it that it helps other other people like myself or helps other brands see people like myself. I really want to just say before we go, like I, I encourage all organizations, all brands, not just people in the media, to hire talent and employees with disabilities because just because you have a disability doesn't mean you're not you know you you can't be of value to a team you have a different perspective and and we deserve more representation in all areas of life so that you know I've just every to me everyone deserves to feel represented in a positive and powerful way and and I that's what I want to see I want I have a younger, younger girls that look up to me. I actually will be FaceTiming with this young girl that like, she says she wants to be like me when she grows up. She's adorable. Yes. Uh, her name is Isabella. I've met her in person and she, um, like, I want her to see herself represented. I want her to know and any other kids, you know, with disabilities that just because they have a disability doesn't mean they can't do it. And I think we have a long way to get there, but I think we're paving the way, but we can't do it alone. And that's why I'm saying that. So to anyone listening, like, you know, the community with disability can't move forward alone. We need allies and we need people to to help us create more opportunities for everyone. I, I completely agree. And I think it's amazing what you're doing. I have one, um, one thing I want to go back to real quick before we close this out. Um, we talked a lot about disabilities and, you know, these roadblocks you've been through and moving forward. But one thing that stood out to me earlier on is we were talking about, you know, the guilt, because I want to talk a little bit real quick about emotional a little bit of emotional support from someone who may not be have a disability, but can, you know, re relate to the emotional distress you went through initially. Um, how did you work through the guilt after the accident? What helps you get through that? Because I know so many people deal with that in all, you know, all instances of life when they lose someone, whether it be a child, a spouse, you know, a loved one, a family member, a friend, you know, we have no control. We can't do anything. There's never, you never know when it's going to happen. But how did you deal with that? Because we, I feel like we all do go through the, that, that guilty, you know, situation and a lot of people never get over that. Yeah. And, and that's sad. I have known of people who, um, never make it past, you know, certain things because of guilt, but, um, I just had to forgive myself. I, I had to forgive myself because I didn't know what was going to happen. Well, obviously, had I known, maybe I wouldn't. But, like, it was completely out of my control. I, I had to do work to, to literally, like, forgive myself. And um, I would say therapy helped out. But more so, 
my family, like the support of my family really helped me. And I think it's really important, especially during these times that people are not scared to ask for help. Uh, it's okay to not be okay. There's been days that I have been not okay. And you need someone to confide in, you know, like you need to share your emotions, whether it's a friend, family member, like, hey, I'm not doing too well. I'm struggling with this. Because when you're when it's just in your mind, like, you know, your mind can unravel and just like go, just like your mind can be very positive it can also go to a very dark place and it can like spiral fast. And I think it's really important to, to, to reach out to someone. And I think I just want people to know that if you're not okay, it's okay. You know, like it just because you're not okay, doesn't mean you're, you're weak or just because you ask for help doesn't mean you're weak. I think I'm, I know I'm, I have felt that way, but now I see it different. Like it takes courage to accept that you're not okay. And the thing is, is that we all go through that, but, but nobody, everyone talks about like all the positives, all the highs, you know, you yeah. post your best photo on social yeah. media, you share your most exotic vacation. Like, you know, it's all about, but we all have those bad days. And it, I think it's important for people to, to know, you know, you're not the only one. And sometimes when you open up to someone else, which I've done that, um, then the other person opens up and like, oh my God, I'm struggling with that too. And then you're like, you feel like you're not alone. You're not the only person who's going through that. I think we all go through a lot of similar things. We just keep them to ourselves. And um, sometimes it does take that courage to open up to someone to feel better and to help each other out. So um, I just don't be scared to ask for help, whether it is to go to therapy, whether that's to, you know, confide in your friend, whether it is to, if you need antidepressants, like it's okay, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, you know, so many people need to, you know, they just need to hear that, you know, um, dealing with something and being able to relate to someone who's, who's going through that too. And then hearing that from them means a lot more than just a bystander who may just, you know, say what they read in a self-help book or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, right before we go, is there anything else that you'd like to plug? Anything you have going on in your organizations you may want to uh, reach uh, talk about or anything like that? No, I mainly just wanted to share about the Sports Illustrated. That's kind of I've been, you know, during this quarantine, um, I have had castings like as an actress, and, and you know, now all of that has changed. So now they're doing more and more self tapes. So. I, the you know the industry is changing as it goes so i've been doing more of that but um it has helped me to be in this competition because it's given me you know some sort of motivation yeah. you know so it's given me a goal something to look forward to and that's just something that i wanted to say you know we all need stuff to look forward to we all need something to like to feel like you have a purpose so i hope that um i just like we all can help someone else and i i hope that anyone who's listening to me like you know d don't feel like your life is is worthless or you're not in like what you do doesn't matter because 
everything we all do matters. And I, I really hope that anyone who's struggling right, right now at this moment, listening to me, I hope that you stay strong, that always try to focus on seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And I hope that you can be inspired by my story and know that, you know, if I can do it, you can do it too. And just the last thing I want is people to know, um, you can go to my website. It's just my name, tamaramena.com or tamaramena.com. And on social media, I'm everywhere as tamaramena official. So feel free to follow my journey. And um, thank you for, for the space. Of course. I had a great time. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And please subscribe to the podcast.